My name is David Startouch. I am a PhD candidate in uh, psychology with uh, concentrations of philosophy and cognitive neuroscience. I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Colorado and a certified life coach. Uh, and this, number one, is not therapy. You're on Positive Talk, which is a wellness podcast, uh, wellness coaching, self-help, and where we're going to help you put positive spin or a positive outlook on current events, as well as ev events all over life. So today's topic is really going to be about the, um, there's basically, uh, I believe, three critical events that I want to address. So uh, the first event, it was... Uh, the shooting in California. Now, I'm not going to focus on the positive. When I say positive uh, talk on this, we're going to get to that. And to coin a popular conservative show, we're going to keep this fair and balanced. So the NRA won't necessarily hate me. You won't necessarily hate me. Um, but I just want to keep this real. And unfortunately, we need to address certain statistical facts uh, that are not always pleasant. And one of the big risks when people try to stay positive is they do something called spiritual bypassing, where they just focus on, oh, it's all good, it's all perfect, everything is happening as it's supposed to. Well, and then events like today happen, where we've had two mass shoot, well, two major shootings. I'm, they're, I'm getting highly debated if I use the word mass, but we've had two major shootings. And there was a third that was almost a major event that is going to strike pretty close to home, and I'll get to that. Um, but if we if we bypass to this, oh, everything is great, you know, everything's wonderful, then events to, like today happen, and it really shocks the reality. So let's just be honest about the situation, and we'll, we're going to talk about firearms. So I'm going to situate myself, and I've got my tea here, so we can stay calm and carry on, as the British like to say. All right, so when we are talking about uh, guns, there's uh, several realities um, that America has to deal with. One, we have a firearm for every single person in this country. Now, it's not saying everyone has a gun. I'm just saying there are enough guns in this country that every single person could have one. Now, that statistic may shock some people, but what if I also told you there is an, enough computers for every single person of America to have one? And they say, well, okay, yeah. Well, what if they tell you there's enough computers with with uh, Wi-Fi or internet connections for every single person in America to have one? At this point, you'd be probably nodding your head, yeah, especially the millennial generation where you grew up with technology. And when I was growing up, we had things called like a 486 or a Pentiums when they were first coming out. And dial-up internet. That The world has changed so dramatically in the last 10 to 20 years Um that we're struggling to catch up. Now, gun control and gun legislation and shootings have been in process for years. When I was in high school, the Columbine shooting happened. So that may date me a little bit. Um, but that actually ended up having a huge impact on video games because video games were blamed, as well as Marilyn Manson, um, various music. And what it all comes down to is this is a mental health issue. So with Positive Talk, today I really want to focus on positive mental health. And when we're looking at these shootings, uh, there's gonna, we're getting the positive outlook of this, the, 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 the only real positive silver lining that I really encourage people to focus on is how we can improve society to reduce violence. Not just gun violence, but violence. And there's violence comes in all forms, in all sorts. Um, with sexual harassment, and sexual misconduct and things like that. I think this 
on a whole, the world is starting to wake up, at least America, we're starting to wake up, that, uh, and women are finally saying, look, this is happening, it's not okay, and it's gaining enough attention and traction that it's it's going to keep continuing, which is a good thing. We need these conversations because women have endured this for centuries, and it's just now starting to get to the point where, due to technology, we uh, women actually have a voice that has been able to be heard fully. So uh, in the spiritual communities, I know uh, this is also called the age of the divine feminine. And for men, a lot of men are feeling threatened by this. And when we have unstable men, they're often acting out. So to talk with about the California issue, the gunman who uh, tried to enter school, he shot four people and wounded some children. He, the, I read today the police found him, his wife buried under the floorboards. I saw a picture of him. He looked very disheveled, haggard, and um, and this guy looked a little intensely crazy. And I even saw, I'm sure the NRA had some, or conservatives had some strong motivation to get this out there. This gentleman was not allowed to own a gun. He was not legally allowed to own a gun. So guns, there's enough guns in this country, America, for everyone in the, in, the, in the country to have one. And part of that is because uh, guns are, uh, they're a tool of violence or self-defense, but they're a tool of violence. A gun's job is to kill someone, all right? It's not to drive nails. It's not to, you know, fix, put something in the wall. It's to cause um, uh, enough significant damage that it should harm someone. Now, the exception to that are target guns, like a twenty-two. Uh, when people buy a 22 to say to target practice, obviously that's not for self-defense. Everyone in the firearm community and even um, non-firearm community would say, well, that's a 22. That's not exactly an assault rifle. Um, so there's, there's things like that. So we have to caveat that all guns are designed to kill people. All guns are designed to inflict damage and fire a, a little piece of metal at high, or uh, composite now, even though composite, um, a projectile at high velocity to end something's life, to do significant immediate damage. And when we have people who are emotionally unstable, emotionally impulsive, who do have access to firearms, who are choosing to do mass violence, or, I mean, this man uh, had killed his wife and buried under floorboards, and the, a common emotion is guilt. And so if he felt guilt from that, he may have actually said, I'm going to do suicide by cop by doing something so heinous, they'll have to kill me. That is a possible logistical thought process that went through his head. Or he just wanted to continue to escalate, to kill and do the most horrible things. We don't, getting in the head of a, like this, there's a book called Mindhunter, it's now a TV series. Getting in the head of psychopaths and scary people is not necessarily helpful. Now in my work in the emergency room, I'm also a do crisis with people who are homicidal have homicidal ideation, they're suicidal, and then some are gravely disabled due to mental illness. So I get these people help. I have dealt with several cases. One case that absolutely terrified me, this person was talking about how he had watched a mass shooting on TV and was planning it. And he wasn't going to do it that way, and no one would know. Uh, he trusted me enough to suddenly, uh, you know, doing my, my counseling things, to share his secret plan. Uh, and part of it was his ego, he just wanted to get it out there but he also thought he could manipulate me as if no one's going to know. And this is the crazy, the ego, 
when someone is unhinged and unstable, we do not want these people to have access to firearms. We want to get them help. We want to avoid problems before they start. So that's where positive mental health really starts to kick in. So you're like, I know you're thinking, well, why are you talking about shootings? This is not lifting me up. Well, this is, uh, this is a challenge that is on universities, society in general. We need to start being proactive. Now, in California and Colorado and Nevada and some other states, marijuana has been legalized, and some of that tax money is going into education. I would say we should have a society push. So if we're going to legalize marijuana, we should put that into addiction, treatment, recovery, and mental health services. If you're going to be legalizing, and it's same thing for alcohol taxes, um, cigarette taxes, those taxes should be going into community safety and support. Um, train officers to be peace officers, to de-escalate situations as much as possible. So if a mentally disabled person is walking around with a knife, let's talk them down rather than shooting them. Um, if someone is distressed, let's try to... let's clear the area and try to make it as safe as possible to get that person help. Just shooting the person right away uh, has all sorts of problems. I don't think it helps mental health. Um, I think it traumatizes police officers. There was a state officer in the ER, ER who had discharged his firearm six months prior and killed someone. And it was self-defense. He had to do it. This person was drawing on him. But he still had nightmares to that day. And I was recommending some PTSD treatment that would be helpful for him. And so my point on this is people who are trained to this, a state police officer trained, he's a marksman uh, by, by profession. He has to. He can hit a target at 200, you know, 200 feet away. And he had to draw his firearm very quickly to protect himself and his life. And he still had nightmares about it. Um, and I believe the person even got a shot fired off. Um, so there's... Even the people who are protecting us still have issues. This is still a mental health issue across the community. So if we can embrace compassion and try to find a way society to deal with this issue, it will be helpful. Now, there was a North Carolina shooting. Um, I didn't have the chance to go over all those details, but again, another shooting. Um, now, the I'm going to sidestep the assault weapon stuff um, because there's so many different arguments, both sides, and I really don't want to get into it. One, you're going to be hearing basically... Uh, is that because soldier, you know, you, people are being trained with these assault rifles, giving them a single shot versus an automatic. It's something they're trained with, they're comfortable with to hunt and protect their family. Um, I can see valid arguments and I can see arguments to saying, well, you can also fi fire 15 rounds very quickly and reducing the magazine capacity. The, down, the, the, the truth is, a weapon that is designed to be a weapon will always be able to be trained to be used efficiently and to cause massive amounts of death and carnage. Now, we have had a luxury in America of, we have had the civil wars and the change of power as many other countries. We've had like, we've had 200 years, we've been around 200 years, we had a massive civil war that caused significant loss. Um, but there are changes like Zimbabwe right now their military went in and is they're denying it's a coup, but they threatened the president. So in America, we are very blessed with this privilege of safety. Now, we do have firearms on, and they're out there, and um, liberals 
uh, don't want them out there as much, conservatives do. Now, I am, first off, I'm going to just caveat, I am actually, I lean on their liberal side. I would say I'm a liberal. Now, my work also, I have deal with sociopaths and psychotics sometimes, and I've had my life threatened multiple times. And uh, so I choose to actually own a firearm for home defense and safety. And that is because there's multiple people in the house, which uh, comes to my third, uh, the, the, the other incident that happened. And there was another incident where four teenagers decided they were going to kidnap and burglarize, uh, kidnap a high school girl. And like a scene from a scary movie, they put barrels in the middle of the road. They planned this out. They had guns, they had knives, they had ski masks. And they decided they were going to kidnap this girl and then rob this person's house. Now, four teenage boys with guns, knives, ski masks planned, put barrels in the road to get her to stop, to get out of her vehicle. So, and then they were going to kidnap her. And she saw these barrels in the road and called her father who said, well, these weren't in the road when, so just drive around them. And so she drove around them and went home. So she, she sidestepped the ambush by calling and asking for help. She did not exit her vehicle and they did not rush the car. So, uh, that night they attempted to break into her, her father's home where she was living, where they were going to, again, probably kidnap. And I'm going to go so far and four teenage boys, guns, knives, ski masks, kidnap. You're already committing to the path of darkness and of a felony of, 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 of assault. I would probably say sexual assault probably would have and murder could have happened if it wasn't in the mix. And this father's being described as a hero because here's what happened. He heard a noise. His, uh, his dog started barking. The motion, dissect, motion light went on. And uh, single father raising his daughter. His mom's out of the picture. Her mom's out of the picture. And um, they're not really wealthy, but for some reason these teenagers thought they were. He got his home defense firearm and went to investigate. And sure enough, someone's in a ski mask trying to break into the garage. Now, here's the scary thing. He fired three shots. Now, one thing about gun ownership and responsible gun ownership is as soon as the bullet leaves your gun, you're responsible for what happens. So if it went, it could have gone on the ground. It could have gone into a wall. It could have gone into someplace else. It could have gone into a neighbor's house. Now, when I was growing up, uh, there was a house a quarter mile from mine. Uh, well, just down the street. And someone had been target practicing a mile away, and they missed their target. It missed the the dirt thing it should have been shooting into, and it went into a house and it killed a little killed a baby boy, um, two years old. Now the chance that that bullet would just ran, would just would travel that distance and go through into a home and happen to find a person is astronomical, but it happens. And Murphy's Law says if it can happen, it will happen. And as long as we have firearms in the country, there will be issues with this. But taking firearms away, you know, this is a constitutional thing I'm not going to get into, but there will always be guns because criminals don't buy guns legally. And this gentleman who did the shooting in California didn't, wasn't legally allowed to have a gun, but he did. So even if, you, even if your state bans guns, criminals can, will find ways to bring them in. If someone has malint poor intention, they will find a way to get it. Now, the reason why firearm ownership, especially in rural communities, I grew up in the country, is police response time can be take a long time. And when you have people who are not, who are, who are, who are crazy, who are angry, who are sociopathic and psychotic, it's 
you do have a right to defend yourself and your family. And um, there was a woman who went on a jog in Salt Lake, and someone uh, groped and attacked her, and she she actually had a knife on her, and she cut and stabbed him and did whatever she could to get away. And she wasn't, um, no charges would be impressed on her because she was defending herself. She learned martial arts and was carrying a weapon. Now, should women have to defend themselves? And should should this, should this we have to prepare so we don't get assaulted and raped? And the, the answer is no, we shouldn't. But right now, with the level of violence and the consciousness in America, it's I encourage everyone to learn how to um, to do a martial art or something to learn how to you know one the physical benefits are fantastic but get a sense of personal power, and if you feel you need to own a firearm, or and I actually do recommend if you're a parent, I recommend going to a firearm safety class so that if you ever encounter a firearm you know how to safely take it apart, and to disarm the weapon, and um, so. Myself, I actually have, I mentioned there's a gun for every person in America. There's enough. I actually own uh, several guns. Um, most in, And they for a different purpose. Uh, one smaller for when I need to conceal carry and if I'm going into a very unsafe situation, a very unsafe part of town, if I'm afraid of my car breaking down or things like that, I don't want to be stranded. Um, that's my personal safety. And I do have concealed carry permit. For a home defense, I have a gun that is much bigger than my than my concealed carry. It's got a light on it. It's got a um, a it's got a lens. So um, for those that are watching the YouTube, I'm now going to I'm showing this safely unloaded weapon, and I'm pointing the it towards uh, the ceiling wall, and I'm shining the light so you can see the lights on it, and it's a light laser, and I for my home defense. It also has a little lens, a, um, I call it a, uh, uh, what is it, red dot, something like that. Um, basically, it's a lens that you can look through and it shows a dot. So you can look down the barrel and you see a dot and that's where the bullet will go. And the same thing. Because when, the, I'm not a military person, I'm not trained as a police officer. Uh, I, have no, I have taken firearm training safety classes and I have become proficient at the range so that if I ever have to, I can handle the firearm safely. So the positive attitude I really want to get here is there are safe ways to do this to defend yourself and family, and we have to, you know, that we. I would love to add more funding to the police so they actually um, have safety and support. And I would say the positive aspect of society is we can do more neighborhood watches. And if we really want to combat this, we need to be proactive. If we see someone who's unsafe, uh, or is unhinged, you can do something called a wellness or safety check on this person. The police can come and check in and just see how it is. They can get a read on it. If you think someone's very unstable, you can do that or suicidal or homicidal and then they come to the ER and they are evaluated and it is a way to safeguard society. Now if we get more crisis centers and if we can get more mental health clinics and find funding for that, and I mentioned with Colorado, we have uh, this, these marijuana, they've now legalized. The first year marijuana is legalized, we had 300 million in tax revenue. 300 million in tax revenue. That's a lot of funding that could go into addiction, treatment, rehab, recovery. Medicaid doesn't cover mental health treatment if you have addiction. So that right there is a big problem. Poor people who can't afford insurance aren't able to get treatment, their treatment covered, because they're using 
alcohol and drugs. But when people have a mental illness or they're very distressed and having struggles, what do they use? Alcohol and drugs. We have a systemic problem. This is not a gun control problem. This is a mental health problem. Now, do we need gun control? As a gun owner, yes. Better background checks. Um, I think we need to ensure people who are trying to buy weapons uh, have to go through various background checks and there's safety there. Um, I'm not. I'm going to avoid the assault rifle thing. Again, I don't own any rifles. It's just per handguns, personal defense. Um, but there is a case for rifles because... As a marksman, um, even with a handgun, hitting 25 yards, that's 75 feet. That's not necessarily very far, and that's about as accurate as a pistol is. Now, granted, your home, if it's more than 75 feet, wow, uh, you could probably afford private security. <laughs> Most of us cannot. But if you're in the country, um, other people have rifles. And if you're, if you're trying to defend your homestead or your, your place or from a grizzly bear, you do not want a handgun. That's where, again, home defense, things like that. Uh, bears sometimes do in the, in the mountains and whatnot come into places. So uh, a pistol will just make it angry. And uh, thing, so there's, there's all arguments. I mean, the, America was a, a country that was won slash conquered slash taken, and they did guns to do it. It is a big part of our culture. So we need to embrace the whole problem and I, from a positive perspective. I know this is a very controversial issue, and this is this um, video and this podcast is actually running a little long. Um, for those who want to see the video, you can go to the YouTube Survive to Hero channel. It'll be there. Uh, this podcast is going to be uploaded. And I just encourage you to be proactive in your community to see how you can uh, make a difference. Now, if, if that's too much, then just take it as your personal responsibility. When you see someone who is having a very difficult time and you're concerned about them, to let someone know, to, to reach out, to let's, let's see if we can get some outreach, feel out if they have any support or friends, um, you know, maybe check on them, but don't put yourself in harm's way. If you're really concerned, you can ask the police to do a wellness check and to state why. The whole point is peace officers, and police officers protect and serve, but peace officers are trained in more public safety and to de-escalate situations. Why not get the person mental health treatment rather than sending them to jail? We don't need to overcrowd our jails with healthy people, or rather, good people who are just having mental health problems. If we can address those problems, let's do that. So that is Positive Talk today. It's a heavier topic, but I want to just note there is a silver lining. There are things we can do. Whether you're a conservative or you're a liberal, I think we can all get on board to reducing gun violence. Um... And just for the conservatives out there who really want me to say this, and I think it's a very valid point, people who have concealed weapons permits have undergone background checks. Their fingerprints are on file, <clears throat> on file, and they actually tend to be more law-abiding than criminals who own guns. It is not the people who have the, the concealed weapons permits that are usually the problem. It's the people who buy guns who don't have permits who choose to carry them and again, that's why I'm against open carry and I'm against, I think permits are responsible because it means your fingerprints are on file and you're taking full responsibility as a gun owner for the accountability and the action of that gun. I don't think you need to register the firearms, but I do believe we should go through training. You'd have to, to get that 
permits, you have to go through training. So it's responsible gun ownership if you're going to own guns. And if those are limited in your place, um, I know California has extremely conservative gun laws. And this does Chicago, but Chicago has some of the greatest gun violence in this country. And they have the most strictest of gun laws. So it just goes to say that if laws designed to punish, unless it's severe, consistent, it doesn't work. Punishment, just passing laws to ban things won't stop the problem. We need to be proactive and use positive psychology, uh, strengths, wellness. Um, let's We can get things done through proactive community. Rather, punishing selective individuals doesn't seem to stop the problem. Collective is a community. As much as with this um, violence against women, it's now coming out. Collective as a society, we can begin to change the conversation. And I also want to address that. That will be a whole separate topic, but... As a man, I support this, and I think that we, all men, I know I've been on the wrong side of the issue. I've not supported women when they've spoken up, and as I've had more female friends over the years and educated in counseling and psychology, I've seen more of the issues of domestic violence in these situations that women have endured, and I am deeply sorry for not um, being a better person and seeing that. I've tried to support now, and that's the best I can do. I can be remorseful of my ignorance and my upbringing and my conservative place and to say, look, this wasn't okay. I witnessed a lot of um, male abuse uh, towards women and didn't really feel empowered to say anything. And now I think with this movement, uh, and I have, I've attempted to make some, make some changes on that myself. And I think with this movement as a society, we're waking up. So this is a really long podcast uh, compared to my others. Most are 20 minutes. So this one is going to be 26, but we're also doing video. And I think it's a very important topic. So again, it'll be another podcast, another time about how we can, uh, the positive movements uh, for the, with the, uh, well, we'll just say with the whole Me Too stuff because it's becoming much bigger. All right, uh, this is David Startouch, and thank you for joining me on this podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this controversial topic. And um, if you want to post a comment or give some feedback, come to the YouTube channel, uh, comment on this video. Um, I do check the comments, and I would love to hear your thoughts. I know I had some controversial points on both sides, so share. Let, let me hear. And if you think this is something that resonates, feel free to share it. Uh, again, you can always find us on Positive Talk on every network, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, Android, we're on all of those, and the YouTube channel. Thank you so much. It's David Starchett signing off. Namaste.